0: Kate wouldn't be able to provide Anthony with much, but he'd have enough, and most importantly, he'd be loved, which was better than anything Richard could give him. But what if Richard was on his way to Breton right now? What if he was already here? The wintry air, like a cold, sharp knife, sliced in and out of her lungs as she breathed deeply with each stride, she sped up to tighten the distance between her and Anthony. Dodging a pile of litter, she darted around the sharp corner into—oh! Her shoulder slammed hard into a man in the boarding house's alleyway. She stumbled, arms flailing to save her balance. Are you all right, miss? He reached for her, but she righted herself without his help and shook her head. Good thing she wore sensible boots. Heels would have sent her sprawling. I'm fine— She waved dismissively at him, then ran the last few strides to the steps by the back door. She grabbed the balustrade's rounded newel, increasing her pivoting speed to gain the steps faster. Anthony turned the knob and barged through the boarding house's sticky side door, which released a puff of hot air. At least Mrs. Grindle kept the place warm, overly warm, but better than the alternative." A spooked mouse skittered across the stair landing, and Kate shuddered in the dim light despite the heat. The tiny rodent disappeared into a crevice in the wall. Even though Anthony's quick thumping on the staircase probably awoke anyone who might have been napping, she didn't want to annoy any residents, so she slowed. Although, considering the thin, grayish walls, the boarders likely dealt with all kinds of unwanted noises. Once Anthony's pounding steps ceased, the boarding house seemed eerily quiet. A dog barked outside, a baby cried somewhere down the corridor, pots and pans banged downstairs, and a lady sneezed across the hall, but what she didn't hear was coughing. Lucinda's ceaseless, lung-emptying hacking. Anthony stood in front of his room's closed door, his eyes open with alarm, and his lips pressed tight, his nostrils flaring with each frantic inhale. Kate took a gulp of the hot, stale air and put a hand on his shoulder. Let's go in quietly. We don't want to disturb her sleep. At least she prayed the lack of coughing meant sleep. She opened the door. Lucinda? No answer. The stillness was palpable. Kate approached the bed. Are you awake? Please, Lord. The woman's matted blonde curls lay limp against her pillow, the purple beneath her eyes darker than Kate remembered. Lucinda's eyelids were relaxed, despite being half open, her mouth slack, her body restful. An unusual peacefulness pervaded her face. With a trembling hand against her mouth, Kate focused on the threadbare disintegrating quilt covering Lucinda's chest. Not even a flutter. Anthony crept up alongside Kate and pressed against her heavy wool skirt and thick petticoats. She put her arm around him, and they both watched Lucinda. The clock ticked unmercifully slow. She never said it. His scratchy voice warbled with tears. Said what, honey? His tense muscles tightened as she slowly rubbed his arm from elbow to shoulder. That she loved me, he swallowed audibly. Do you think she wanted to tell me that while I was gone? Warmth flooded Kate's eyes and throat so quickly, she barely kept from crying. She tightened her grip on Anthony's shoulder. To lie or not? I don't know. She kissed the top of his head and walked him to the hard chair beside the single drafty window. She sat and tugged him into an embrace, but his body refused to soften. He stared out the window, and she held her tears. Her heart fractured into painful shards as the quiet seconds ticked by. If only he'd allow himself to cry. Silas Jonesy rubbed his eyes as he stared up at the front door of the boarding house on Morning Glory Street for the seventh time. It wasn't as if the two-story structure had the stability of the walls of Jericho. He could probably push the building over without circling it.